The air is still intense in this particular grove on this particular day. The woods are densely packed with large, muscular, green-skinned creatures. It appears the whole community is gathered for this event. The fading lavender sunlight draws the shadows of the trees long over the ground, giving an ominous presence to this stretch of forest. The dwindling light dancing over the watering eyes of the congregation. Before the mass is a small, elongated rectangle made from dried sticks and wood. Atop is the body of an immense orc, its green skin drawn tight over the hulking muscles below. There are no movements underneath the golden fabric draped over the body. No motion of breath. Next to the pyre stands one orc and one half-orc, the elder and Neff, shoulder to shoulder. Neff, his daughter, holds aloft a lit torch, its flames flickering shadows across their anguished faces. The flare exposes tears, slowly beating down the face of the young woman. Beyond the pyre, raised about five feet above the ground, is a hastily built wooden dais in juxtaposition with the ornate podium that sits upon it. A broad, sparsely clothed orc steps up to it. His body is a mass of withering muscles below his dark green skin. Tarok the Blaze is an orc that I had warred with for an eon since before he was the blaze, though he did always burn bright. His ferocity upon the field of war knew no shackles. His great sword and my bow raised any enemy we knew, and together we survived every encounter. When Tarok was raised to clan chief of the Dawnscars, I knew we had chosen well. I had seen. I had lived because of his guile and bravery. Though it was his ability to plant and breed peace throughout our homeland that earned him his name, The Blaze. He led our clan to peace with the Hanley line and became a respected leader in their home as well as in ours. Tarak burned bright and those that treated with him flocked to him like a moth to the flame. His status and legend grew into The Blaze that we knew him as. May he forever burn bright in our hearts and our legends. The orc as ferocious on the field of war as he was in arbitration. I give you my bow because thanks to you, brother, I shall never need raise it again. Tarok the Blaze will not be forgotten. Tarok the Blaze to Acheron, to the infinite battlefield. The hulking orc steps out from behind the podium to join Neff and the Elder beside the pyre. As he passes, he sets his colossal longbow delicately upon the chest of his fallen chief and friend. Tarot the blaze blaze to Acheron, to the the infinite infinite battlefield. Hey there, creatures, and welcome to Encounter This a podcast exploration of the creatures from Dungeons & Dragons and the lore that surrounds them. Hello there, creatures, and welcome to the latest episode of Encounter This. I am your host, James, head first kid, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Freeman, 
by the horns Eisten. Today we're going to be taking an in-depth look at the D&D creature Orux, found on Volo's Guide to Monsters on page 207. And I guess I should say, welcome back to Orktober. <laughs> Bonus episode number two. Why are we covering or why are we covering Orox? Uh because they somewhat sound like rock, which somewhat relates to orc in a letter sense. So we don't have a lot of basis for this, but that's fine. It's fun. And we're having fun. <laughs> we're having fun. That's that was that was my intent anyway. <laughs> we needed something to fill the month up, I think is what he's saying. Uh, two, two things, kind of, yeah. Uh, two things that are worth mentioning right out of the gate. Um, one, uh, James and I had a preamble before recording on this one, and uh, turns out there's a little extra information that we're going to get into that I did not prepare, because, I mean, an Orox is, it's a cow, so I didn't think there'd be much to pay attention to. <laughs> uh, my reading was very light on this one. Uh, but uh, number two, to, it's worth considering, it's, it's the one thing that I did not clue into um, when I first heard of this creature, is that Orox is actually the singular word with the S. Um, and that's both D&D and IRL. Um, Orox is singular and plural at the same time. Interesting, yeah. because I, in my in my little Googling, uh, as related to the preamble ramble, have seen the word Oroch singular. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. But pretty much, I mean, I, I guess it's it's entirely feasible to be that way. But as as far as the, the research I did do, um, it was almost always exclusively with an S on the end. Um, right, and, that and, makes In a very singular, you know... Uh, sentences and that sort of thing. Not my great, my, not my own greatest sentence there, but y- you get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so <laughs> we have this uh, this this creature that uh, perhaps everyone's heard of. Maybe no one's heard of. Who knows? They have a very 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 tiny section dedicated in Volo's Guide, and uh, they appear in one e and five e, uh, but I don't think anywhere in between. And so they're they're a bit of a callback at this point with the with the fifth edition, and uh, physically in five e they're not much larger uh, or tougher than your average cattle. Um, or sorry, I think I wrote that down wrong. Let me start that again. <laughs> Aurochs are uh, I'm not even going to edit that. Uh, <laughs> they they're basically larger tougher cattle uh they're not that they're not that they are that uh and uh they uh they're much more wild and uh, but they are capable of being domesticated and when tamed they make for very strong mounts and are favorites among certain orc tribes so there's your um connection to orktober <laughs> i guess <laughs> actually it, it does go on a little bit further than that uh i'm being purposely vague um bog true have you heard of bog true james no i haven't by the time we're recording this i'm not sure if we've covered bog true or if you're going to mention them at all uh that part i'll cut yeah we should mention we're recording these out of order yeah. <laughs> so um good luck Maybe listeners cut it. okay that's fine uh bog true is the son of grumpsh who is the famous oh, okay. greater deity and orc god. And uh, Cave Mother Luthic, who is the orc goddess of caves. And 
uh, a little bit more than that, but we'll, sure. you will know all about that by now, listeners. Luthic <laughs> will be a big subject of the uh, opening episode of this series. Can't wait. Awesome. Um, but basically, Bogtru is an orcic god that represents pure physical might and is the patron of the average orc. And the only thing that is matched by his strength is his particular oafishness, apparently. Now, I didn't dig too far into Bogtru, but... Uh, his story essentially goes like this. He wanted to find a mount that was as mighty as himself and set out to tame a mighty aurochs with his bare hands. He then brought it to the fiendish plain of Nishrek, which is Grumsh's realm, and named it Kazat, the orcish world, the orcish word for bull. Not very creative, but maybe that's what you might expect from an oafish Orc God, I it guess. Makes sense. <laughs> um, and he uh, he charged headlong into battle atop Kazat, ramming into hordes, leaping over its horns, and landing in the midst of his enemies. And that is all of the five E lore. <laughs> That's it. And and perhaps... the entirety of the five E lore is about a deity that doesn't exist in five E. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, uh, and I believe most of that came from uh, Volo's Guide as well, even though I don't think Nishrek and all that is really covered at all in 5e. So uh, wow. I, they, they literally just plucked it from money, as far as I could tell, and just plopped it in and said, yep, there we go. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, <laughs> so, listeners, he told me that this episode was going to take 20 minutes. And, you know, I, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're, we're prone to over-exaggeration uh, on how you. short we yeah. think these episodes are going to be. Uh, yep. I guess we'll see you know, in a week. Um, that's <laughs> Oh, no, wait, there's still a stat block, right? Yeah, there's still a stat block. Um, uh, let's talk about some IRL things, because these creatures exist. They, they demonstrably existed. This is not a... Folklore situation where things got all askew. Aurochs were absolutely a large breed cattle that inhabited Asia, Europe, and North Africa. Uh, they were called Aurochs. They were called Aurochsen, Urus, or Ur, Ur, maybe. I'm not sure. U R E. Um, they uh, they were they basically the wild subspecies of Aurochs died out in the 17th century, with the last known dying in Poland in 1627. And the okay. last bulls died in 1620. And actually, uh, currently, their horns are ornamented with gold and sit in the Levrust Yamran. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> Which oh, means... we are going to get smoked for that one. <laughs> uh, it's a, the Royal Armory in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, if so... you're in the Discord, at Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have ads. I don't have ads at all. Shut up. Okay. Uh... <laughs> uh, wait. We chef. Nobody ads me. <laughs> Thank you for speaking French in my kitchen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the, the, the last the last known horns of, of bulls from 1620 are actually in the Royal Armory in Stockholm, which I think is pretty that's, neat. That's really actually. cool. Yeah. Um, it is, it, it's both really, really sad, but also really mm. cool. Uh, yep. I'm glad we took it, kept it as a memento, but I really, really fucking hope that bull died of old age and not just some <laughs> Swedish person was a complete idiot. Some some drunk European got into the old zoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But uh, among the uh, domesticated and wild species that still exist that are related to the aurochs are, in fact, the taurine cattle, which are cows, wild water buffalo, gar, which are Indian bison, and wild yak and banteng, uh, a.k.a. tembadao, I think, maybe, uh, say you say it, uh, which are cattle in Southeast Asia. Uh, so okay. we have lots of relatives to this, this species, but the species itself, especially that wild subspecies, has absolutely been extinct for a while. Um, right. I can't help but notice one name is missing off this list. What's that? That is the heck cattle. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Qu'est-ce que c'est? That's French listeners. So, uh, <laughs> so these are the ones that I was researching before we, we hit record here. And the uh, heck cattle are a an attempt to backbreed the aurochs back into existence by two German brothers in the 1920s and 1930s uh, with with political affiliations. Uh, let's just let's just put it that way. So in 1932, <laughs> uh, Heinz and Lutz Heck uh, uh, bred what is known as the Heck cattle. Okay, uh, it was. 25% Gray Lowland Highland Anglin Cross and 75% Corsican. His name was Glockel. Uh, don't at Freeman for that mispronunciation <laughs> uh, in, in the Discord. Uh, you know who's going to uh, add us. Who's going to add I, us? I, I know. I know. It's Peace Dry Pancakes. I know. <laughs> right. But Whatever. I just, like, I didn't have time to prepare the pronunciation guide on this one because I just found out about it. Peace Dry Pancakes, uh, here's your here's your avid uh, shout out on our bonus episode. Yeah. Our a- very avid listener uh, from Germany who is going to have a field day maybe with this one. Uh, hopefully, oh, just a bit this of a is <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, but there are about 2,000 heck cattle in uh, Europe and a few elsewhere. Uh, most of them appear to be in German zoos today and conservation products. But this was our first attempt at, uh, at, at, at backbreeding the Auroch back into existence. Neat. Well, a wild endeavor, uh, no doubt built on things like hubris. <laughs> A la Jurassic Park. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Jurassic Park was specifically listed in uh, <laughs> in one of the uh, the the articles that I read. Uh, the one that referenced Taurus cattle specifically, which are another form of heck cattle, uh, another attempt at breeding back the auroch. <laughs> oh, what a what a what a what a thing to do! What a thing to dedicate your life to. Um, I don't know. Jurassic to... parking a cow? Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. It is. It is something else. Uh, I mean, so aurochs themselves—they were a significant game animal for many centuries. So, I can only assume that doing so, there, there must be something we're missing in in their 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 substance and or uh, gumption, for lack of a better word, uh, that makes so these the pigs of cow is what back. you're saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe they are. <laughs> Maybe they the are the magical, cows. the most delicious cow that's ever existed. <laughs> Maybe, who knows? Um, I, I'm sure that cross the between beef to... and truffles. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm sure that the aim to bring them back is is purely selfish. Um, at the end of the day, at least in the in the uh, political affiliations of the Heck yeah. Brothers Maybe. or, or <laughs> Redempt. Yeah, the Heck Brothers is probably dubious. Um, <laughs> 
they they have dubious financial origins to say the least but yeah. uh i i you know i saw some some things that because we we brought made them extinct we are obligated to try and bring them back which is a political conversation that I want to have so badly, but I'm white knuckling my desk to prevent myself from offering up an opinion on such a topic. So let's just let's just move on. One thing is for sure: is we'll never make up for the damage we've truly done. Oh yeah, and are still doing, <laughs> and let's, are still doing constantly. Let's not forget the millions of species we're making extinct every year. No biggie, no biggie. We got millions more, right? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. That was sarcasm, by the way. Just, just in case. Take that, case. bumblebees. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, cut that! Please cut that. Aww. I don't want to be on the record saying. Oh, bees! I love your bumble. <laughs> now nah, I'm not cutting it. Um, but moving on. Right. <laughs> we have. Uh, For the we- record, we here at Encounter this love bees, support the bees, <laughs> and hope they don't die forever. One hundred percent. No, we'll no doubt sand. about it. <laughs> if you have something we as a company against will bees, draw that line in the sand. Bees have, are cool. If you have something against bees, you can unsubscribe right now. <laughs> How dare you? I might cut that. Um, and then just and just write B as your reason why you're leaving. <laughs> now I'm not cutting it. Uh, it's gonna be a whole a whole episode of that. I love it. Um, but yeah, so I mean, aurochs, they, they, because they were a game animal for centuries, uh, ancient Greeks and Paeonians uh, hunted aurochs and uh, used their horns as trophies, cups for wine and offerings to gods and heroes, so on and so forth. In fact, uh, they're actually mentioned several times in the Bible as uh, Rem or Rem or, or some such. It's R-E apostrophe E-M. Uh, and this translates to bullock or wild ox in Jewish translations, although in the King James Version, poorly translated as unicorn, <laughs> which we, we briefly covered this in the unicorn episode, I believe. Um, if not in the Kieran, I think uh, I think if you take anything away from our episodes, it's that the King James Version of the Bible sucks. <laughs> Just skip that one. Uh, and that's the one I grew up on. That's for sure. <laughs> it's just I was. I think that's the one I grew up on too. Yeah. But I, I honestly don't know. The whole load, whole load of poorly translated hogwash built in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently these cows were unicorns, everyone, uh, and we're supposed to rely on that. Uh, but um, they also uh, became more rare. Sorry, as they became more rare they became a symbol of social status and nobility, which is so fucking You might want to... Sorry, you might want to just do that sentence again. You went directly from sorry into the sentence, and that might no, be No, I know. <laughs> I wasn't planning on cutting it. <laughs> okay. We need some meat in this episode. It might as well be us fumbling. <laughs> Taking a backseat. Well, I Taking interrupted you, in October, so you're, guys. you're cutting it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as uh, as the aurochs became more rare, they became a symbol of social status and nobility, which is so fucking typical. Um, and of course, nobles would use their horns for drinking and that sort of thing. So um, no doubt this, in, in its own way, probably led to their extinction. Oh, I need another horn because they're rare and I'm oh, awesome. Oh, for sure. And they're valuable. Anything rare is, I mean. Right. Let's not say anything. Most things rare are valuable. Pogs are rare. They're not valuable. <laughs> uh. Oh, there's a deep cut. Um, 
Yeah, but what an eye roll thing to to add in there. But fuck, yeah, there it is. Rare. Yeah, give me the horn. And um, I'm sure there's a sweet black market for it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then, of course, there or are was. there are also many ancient references and pieces of evidence for aurochs, such as cave paintings in France. Um, it remains from like sacrificial rituals, stories of offerings. Oh, excuse me. Stories of offerings to heroes like Hercules, boasts of defeating and hunting them, so on and so forth. Like the list goes on and on and on and on. And all these like yeah, mundane we have this references. this skeleton of one that we'll throw up on Instagram. Yeah. Um, this is really like cool. There, James showed the, showed me this actually in our preamble, but uh, it's really really neat. It's like a full skeleton of the aurochs, and it's got three circles on it where it was killed by arrows. That's too many arrows. But. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, by the other artwork we're looking at, like you know these sort of artist depictions, they're I mean cows aren't small, but these things look pretty pretty goddamn large as well. Like they're much bigger even. Uh, maybe maybe not for a, the bull, but yeah, it, they they look beastly. I wonder if Oryx were the Cretan bull. I'm just vamping at this point, trying to stretch this episode out. But I wonder if there, <laughs> uh, if if it wasn't actually a bull, it, or I mean, I guess it would have still been a bull. But I wonder if the Cretan bull was an Oryx. Uh, maybe, or at least that would explain why they. To, I imagine. Yeah, that that would explain why they sacrifice Oryx to Hercules, right? Right. Yeah, it would it would actually. Yeah, you're not wrong there. Um, and uh, I, this would be a good time to actually talk about the five E artwork because it's the only artwork we have, or that I've I came across. In, I keep scrolling the, past it, and I legitimately brief. keep thinking that's from like two E. Like it's just so <laughs> weird. Yeah, it's like a water buffalo crossed with the forest god of Princess Mononoke. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's actually it's probably one of my favorite pieces from five E, hands down. It's. It just looks like such a regal, badass, wild animal. Like, it's just, like, you wouldn't want to go near it at all. Regal really is the right word. Yeah. It's got two sets of horns and then a single one dead center. Like, it it does look like it's this perfect combination of matty and dirty and just majestic and strong and... It, it's powerful. It looks powerful. It's missing a front leg. It looks like, but it's powerful. <laughs> I can I can kind of tell that it's there. It's just a little awkward perspective on it, but yeah, it's. I mean, imagine imagine uh, if Mufasa was a cow and he was like, "Well, everything the light touches." And you're looking. Oh at, yeah. <laughs> and you're looking in this. James Earl Jones like, would totally voice this. <laughs> I I believe you. I told I would I would believe this cow if it told me everything the light touches was my kingdom. <laughs> This is CNN. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, it's 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 really excellent. I mean, it's a it's just a big beastly yak cow buffalo thing, and it's awesome. It looks great. It does. It really does. I love it. Um, again, it's so it's so like juxtaposed with the rest of the five E art to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know who who the artist is behind this because five E doesn't label their artists per image uh as yeah. far as i know but it's fantastic yeah it's really really good uh, but that brings us to the uh most important part of an aurochs and it's which would be its mechanical nature <laughs> well prior prior to that they these things really look like they could do some damage like really 
I just, you know, like get those horns in there, like really break into something like, mm-hmm. like you and I are about to break into these cans of Black Mist. <laughs> Somehow that was way better and way worse than my segue <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> but crack into your can before this Orox cracks into your skull <laughs> and uh, prepare to be disappointed. <laughs> Because we've got a how could I be disappointed with a with a full page stat block of a pack animal? Like <laughs> uh, I'm, sure I'm not expecting I'm anything. Gonna, I'm gonna roll right through it. Okay, CR two, okay. HP thirty eight, speed fifty, which is pretty solid. AC eleven, natural armor, large beast, unaligned, no languages, no nothing, and immunities and resistance. Sweet little passive possession of eleven, no big deal. Um, but what it does have is charge and its abilities. It's got to move at least 20 feet straight toward a target. And then it uses its core attack in the same turn. And if successful, deals an additional 2d8 piercing with the, those those horns. Uh, and the DC 15 strength saving throw is required or be knocked prone. And the attack and is itself... That, is that a standard action? That is part of the same action as attacking. So yes, okay, it's it's okay, a it's it. a combo. It's a move. It's a move in standard at the same time. Uh, yeah, I just for some reason I feel like that should be under attacks, not abilities. But okay, right? Yeah. So it, the I think the way they list it is like, oh, uh, if an attack is involved in this ability, the attack is under attacks. But this is an ability. I don't know. It's kind of a, a right. wacky gray area for sure in, in the in its listing. But uh, its attack is gore, as it's, as it's stated, which is a plus seven to hit and a two d eight plus five piercing. Um, that's so, pretty fucking big for a CR two. Yeah, so it's I mean, there's that's literally the whole stat block. There's nothing else to the to the creature. Um, but uh, should it run twenty feet in a straight line and hit you, uh, you're looking at forty eight plus five, which is no slouch. Uh, but if it's not right. doing that, then it's not doing much. So and these things and will surely be moving in a herd. So take your time. Right, line I mean, up those charges. You have two two chief options. I would say they're either in a herd, be really fucking careful, or they're you know you've got an orc riding on their back. In which case, also be very careful. Um, so oh, that is so much better. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's what these dudes are, man. The orcs are are their orcs. Uh, Steeds, man, like that's <laughs> that's kind of their or cavalier. The yeah. orac gets a charge. The orc gets a lance. Oh yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Oh, that's mean. That's uh, I mean, don't be putting any level two characters up against that. <laughs> that's just, I mean, that's your chief piece of. Oh, you're looking at uh, probably an instant death, possibly, unless you. Oh, really, yeah. really want to nail that home in a really dramatic way. Oh boy, if someone's charging. With a lance and they get gored? Oh, man. That's... I, I that's legitimately bonkers. don't know if that's how the action economy works, but I feel like the Orok and the Orc both get a standard action. They would act on the same turn. As someone who has played a Cavalier uh, for a decent amount of time, actually, in your campaign, um, yep. I can honestly tell you, I don't know, because 5e is so <laughs> terrible at actually explaining <laughs> what the mounted rules are. 
<laughs> yeah, it's pretty wicked bad. It's, it's real bad. <laughs> it's real bad. Yeah, but my uh, my my gut tells me no, you couldn't do it. You could. Yeah, only only one of the two of you could could attack because you're a single unit when mounted or some bullshit like that. Um, or you couldn't attack the same creature or something. Who knows? But uh, it's definitely not going to be explicitly described in your old player's handbook. I can promise you that. Take that, Crawford. Shots fired. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, have, please uh, don't see this. <laughs> I do have a really tiny little little extra piece of fun here. Um, I found a little little clipping, uh, which will be in our reading list, of... Um, where it appeared in first C, which was in Dragon Magazine number issue number one thirty seven on page forty four, and okay. it is listed as cattle auroch in parentheses. And uh, this would have been a reprint, right? Not a not the original printing of of the magazine the itself. Or the stat. Oh, I, I, uh, I, I the think, stat block. Yeah, I think uh, as far as I know, this is only the only place in which. Uh, Oruk appears in first edition and before 5e is in this magazine printing. It oh. was not actually in... Uh, so here, here let, me, let me go through it real quick and uh, we can determine that because I'm kind of forgetting a little bit, bits and pieces of detail here. Uh, but, no, you're right. I just looked up the copyright date okay. on it and this oh, yeah? is September 1988. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So, so it's like they have, they have it listed kind of funny here. They have a frequency to start, which was common. Um... A number appearing, which I assume at a time, would be two to five. They have an armor class yeah. of six. I'm not sure how that math works out. They have a move of 15 feet. They hit dice uh, of six. Oh, the way armor's class worked in first E was, was different. Uh, yeah. you would, it was a subtraction. Um, oh. Not not a meet to beat. If I remember correctly, it's been a long time since so I've looked into it. You would roll it, your but... number and then minus the armor class from that number? Uh, yeah, something I think like so. Okay. Uh, some something to that effect. I I, I honestly don't know, and I don't mm-hmm. want to be go on the record, but I know yeah. for a fact armor class worked different in one e because the GM did all, almost all of the rules. Right. Okay. Uh, that's fair. Um, and then we've got uh, number of attacks: two horns or one charge with trample. Uh, damage okay. and attack is listed. I don't know how to read this at all. They have one to six slash one to six or three to eighteen and one is slick slash one to six. Uh, <laughs> and then intelligence just says semi hyphen blank. <laughs> I guess they're semi intelligent. <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> Oh, it's so funny to look at. Uh, but uh, yeah, obviously not an original D&D player. Uh, at this point, I would have been barely born <laughs> for this publication. But um, I uh, wouldn't have. You been. wouldn't have been. Yeah, <laughs> I just thought of that. Uh, <laughs> off by like a year. But um, yeah. Uh, uh, a month. A month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, you missed out. Oh, you poor sap. I know. But yeah, they uh, they actually specifically listed here is like Oroks are slightly larger and tougher versions of the wild cattle found in the monster manual. So they weren't listed in there, but rather compared to uh, the wild cattle that were included. <laughs> okay. And then from there, it honestly just goes on to explain their role in history in a very brief way. That's it. It's like, oh yeah, they're 17th century Europe when they went to extinct. They were seven foot high at the shoulder. Fierce, agile, um, and 
uh, was the very end here. It says, for game purposes, treat Auroch cows as buffalo and young adults as norm normal cattle. The statistics given are for Auroch males. That's it. Crazy. I, I actually have a PDF pulled up. Uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, but that that stat block appears directly next to an elephant. <laughs> directly next to an elephant? Yeah. Oh. Um, Which is the next uh, one? One of the next ones in the stat block. <laughs> uh, so this That's is fun. free PDF available online. So we'll have a well, we'll have a full link to this this uh, um, this. And there's a whole bunch in here. There's the Glyptodon, the Gigantopithecus, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you think. A hyenodon. Uh, we should have done fucking dinosaurs and oney. <laughs> We should have, eh? Oh my god. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, giant sloth. Uh, there's like... There's something called... A unitatherum, which is like a, like a like a horned hippo. Like, this is awesome. Oh, crazy. What, he was so dope. Man, they... Mr. Gygax really did a number, didn't he? <laughs> Holy shit. I don't even know if he's credited in this issue. That's super fun. Well, because we're we're um, recording these out of out of order, I don't remember. I don't think we'll remember to, to maybe cover it. Maybe we will, and we we won't. But um, elephants and hippos will did and will come up in our other bonus episode, <laughs> which is <yes>. interesting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love that. Uh, so it's funny that they're sitting on the same page as that, <laughs> the aurochs. So, oh. Which, by the way, is worth noting that in this little snippet from this mag- magazine article, uh, it's not uh, included the S in Auroch. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's, uh, a, there's our first evidence of, <laughs> of derivation. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I see it. Um, I, didn't, I didn't even notice. Uh so I, was, I was too busy, busy reading these these letters to the editor. <laughs> this might, might as well be a live episode. <laughs> oh my god, it's so ridiculous! I'm dear dragon. So I have found Isildur's ring. Photo enclosed. Reply: We've examined your photo, and we regret to report that the ring therein is part of a young woman's bathing suit, holding together the suit's top and bottom's half. It is not, in fact, Isildur's ring. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. But this was published in a real magazine. I bet you they just had the f- the biggest laugh over whatever that was when they got it. <laughs> yeah. That's so Dear fun. Dragon, recently my AD&D game character, Waldorf, the 358th level magic user, created the nuclear bomb. Due to this action, all of Greyhawk has been utterly obliterated except for a 3x4 mile island with a castle called Castle Waldorf. All creatures from the Monster Manual were destroyed due to the large amount of nuclear fallout. All of the deities work in a salt mine under Waldorf's castle. I would greatly appreciate if everyone would mail their character sheets to me so that I may tally up Waldorf's experience. All of the game manuals and modules are now totally false and untrue. Any profit made from TSR's merchandise from this day onward should be mailed to Waldorf's castle in gold pieces, of course. Reply. Of course. However... You forgot to enclose. You forgot to enclose a self-addressed stamped envelope. We regret that Waldorf must lose the experience points and gold for his victory. 
<laughs> that the past the past was a wild place so good holy shit um <laughs> 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 That is wow. just, oh man, they were, people were just having, that was how you had fun via correspondence in the past. You yeah. sent stupid letters to the editor and then had them send stupid responses back and it was good fun. <laughs> I bet you whoever wrote that and whoever wrote the response, remember it to this day and just like think it's the greatest thing ever. For sure, man. I think like, it's this the is incredible. <laughs> that's, that's so good. <laughs> Give Dude, us, give us one more. Give us Dude, one more. Dude, it gets it gets better. Oh my god. Oh my god. So in the same magazine, on the same page, in the next column, uh, there's one, Dear Dragon. Stop making your game. I killed all the monsters. Reply. All but Waldorf. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Cheeky, cheeky oh, nerds. <laughs> this goes so good. I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard at that. Like, I've been reading these like out of order. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, oh man. Oh, that's so good. Oh my god. You should just cut all that no and just way. make that that the expert excerpt. <laughs> no, it's all it's all staying in. This is too good. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, that was good. And if I, I guess if, if you want us to read your letter, <laughs> uh, you can get in touch with us uh, on patreon.com backslash encounterpod for $5 a month. I'll send you a letter and it'll give you access to our show notes for $10 a month. You can suggest a creature, maybe Waldorf. Who knows? Uh, for $1 a month, you can get access to our private discord where you can, uh, uh, I guess, correct us for our pronunciation. Send us letters to the editor. Really, anything you want. We're we're there all the time. Uh, if you do not want to pay for this, because I mean, fuck, I understand that was a that was an episode ish. Uh, you can get to us on Twitter or Facebook at EncounterPod or Instagram at EncounterPod, where we'll be throwing up all of those images: the head cattle, the Auroch skeleton, uh, the Auroch and Five E. I think there's an Auroch coin photo going up there. I don't know. Uh, and if you want to check out past episodes like the uh, the aforementioned hippo, uh, if that made it into this episode, if not, uh, good luck. Uh, you can find all of our past episodes at EncounterThis.ca uh, with links to read them, and or sorry, with links to listen to them and any other links that are that are appropriate, including this issue of Dragon Magazine that will definitely be linked over there on our blog if you want to read the letters to the editor because there's more uh, th those are just the ones that I, I like oh there's more <laughs> there's uh, so many more I didn't even know these were there oh that's so good <laughs> this might just be what I do for the rest of my evening is just read the letters to the editor and all of the dragon magazines available online these are fantastic and drink more gin uh, and whiskey yeah yeah uh, a big thank you to whoever uh, whoever wrote these sir and replied to these uh, and if you want to give us a big thank you, you can rate and review our show on your platform of choice, especially the Apple Podcast app. It really does help our show with placements and attracts new listeners. Uh, hopefully they don't start with this episode. <laughs> but 
thank you for making it to the end of whatever the fuck that just was and uh, we we look forward to getting at you next week with the next episode in this wonderful suite of Orktober <laughs> I'm sorry I'm still reeling at this <laughs> it's so good uh, it might be fair to say that I'm a little bit tipsy I don't know about you. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm almost just, there. I'm feeling extra giggly, is all. <laughs> I'm. I'm close. Like I'm. I'm in my head. I've been planning uh, how to how to do an Orok you rock pun, and I just I'm not there. <laughs> I can't. I can't get there. So if if you've got that, uh, you know, l- l- let us know. Uh, hit us up, and we will cut it into this episode and republish it. Done. Sold. Uh, Promise. Maybe. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, we're sorry. See you next week. (laughs) A huge thank you this week to Jessica Zecker as Neff the Sunder, Duncan Forbes as Garok the Warmaker, Scott Barber as Mobad the Urog, and, as always, Freeman Eiston as The Elder.